0: Buenas noches y bienvenidos al Sportspeed After Hours. Yo soy su hospedador, Hemaheimuli Jr. Y conmigo, como siempre, el hombre de Canadá, Zachary Hicken. Ah, sí, very muy bien.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mi amigo. (laughs) Thank you, mister.
0: Uh, Ah, I'm just pumped because. This week, I am headed to Los Angeles, the great Spanish city of Los Angeles. Um, The Utes are taking on USC at the Coliseum on Friday, and I am headed there this week. It's going to be awesome. LA is a great town. Um, I'm headed with Jeremiah Jensen, and uh, we're going to cover the Utes as they most likely will smash the Trojans on their home field. If they do, it'll be really interesting. The first time they've ever, no, the first time the Utes have beat USC in LA in over 100 years.
1: Yeah, um, that'd be pretty cool if they are able, I mean, we're expecting them to. Yeah. Especially after what happened yesterday between BYU and USC. We actually talked about that yesterday on our emergency podcast. You can check it out Mm -hmm. um, on our podcast feed. Make sure you guys Subscribe, rate, review, download, share it with someone, because we're trying to help this whole thing grow. Also, check out kslsports.com, yep. this podcast is brought to you by kslsports.com. Without kslsports.com, we would not be here.
0: They're so, like our mothers.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's exactly what I was going to go. I'm <laughs> glad you finished that for me. Um, yeah, so they're they are uh, they're like our mothers, nurturing us and growing us mm-hmm. and helping us become
0: goodly people to sh- spread the word. Spread the good word. Spread the good word. Um, Zach, we've had a great week of football. Great week of sports. Um, this week's gonna be just as awesome. It might be better. True, because we got the Aggies playing this week.
1: You know, the Aggies are back in action. Um, SUU did get a big win. Uh, got to give a shout out to our SUU homies, Big Thunder, Kurt Meekum, McKay, McKay Pat. Love you guys. you guys. Shouts to you guys down in Cedar City. Uh, We stand, the Thunderbirds. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, they got a big overtime win over Stephen F. Austin. Pretty cool. Um, But, no, uh, Utah State's back in action. They're playing San Diego State on Saturday. In San Diego. Um, BYU's playing Washington. But first, let's talk about the Utes and USC. That game's on Friday, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Hema, you're going to be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you ever been to the Coliseum?
0: I've never been to the Coliseum. Oh, cool. I've never been inside. I have been outside of it. Well, but... we're
1: outside of it right now.
0: It's true. Yeah. Um, I've
1: been outside of it, too.
0: <laughs> we are actually mostly outside of it yes. almost all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, um, it'll I've, be my first time. i actually spent 100% of my life outside of the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I didn't get to – so my family went to go watch my brother play when Stanford played USC in the Coliseum. That was their first time. So it'll be my first time to go this year also. Congratulations. Uh, It'll be awesome. Um, Like we said earlier, the Utes are slated to beat down USC. I don't know what the odds are, but just from the past two games that USC has played, we're very familiar with both teams, a la BYU and Stanford. Um, And I think we know pretty well, we have a pretty good grasp on the Trojans and what they bring to the table. And... um, you know, also, we have a pretty good grasp on the Utes and what they're capable of, and that's why we think that they're going to pretty much blow them out of the water.
1: So, um, actually, surprisingly enough, um, Utah is actually an underdog according to ESPN's FPI. Okay. USC's a 58% favorite in this game.
0: Um, Makes sense because of the history, and I think that's what they're going off of. Mm-hmm. Um Coliseum's a rough place to play, like we said. Utah hasn't won there. They have won there, but it was over a hundred, hundred and two or hundred and three years ago, or something like that. Um, so that makes sense. So
1: also, um, Utah opens up as a three and a half point favorite on the road, hmm. according to Odd Shark. Okay. So, uh, yeah, kind of a little bit different. Um, yeah, I think that's. Half. I think that's not enough. And that's with two and a half points. Given to USC, so on a neutral field, um, with the math, Utah would be a six point favorite. Um, I would take Utah definitely for three and a half,
0: absolutely. And I think you know the odds are going to change as soon as more people put money on Utah. I think a lot of people are going to, so that'll change. Those are the odds for right now. But, um, why do we say that Utah is going to destroy USC? Well, because. Utah's been fine-tuning their game in these three preseason games. They're 3-0, as they should be. Um, I was at the game last or this past week when um, Utah hosted Idaho State. State. Um, And everything we heard from Coach Whittingham the week before about the things that he wanted to see ironed out, about the things that he wanted to see improve, improved. Two of the biggest things were, one, he wanted the kicking game to be a little bit stronger, a lot of bit stronger, um, you know, being Utah fans. Um, I, I think Utah fans recognize that, you know, they've been spoiled over the past few years with a great special teams group. And this is like the first year that their place kicking game hasn't been that strong. And so that's one thing that Kyle Winningham wanted to see improve. And then the other thing obviously was he wanted to see Tyler Hentley air out the ball more, make, more quarterback plays, quarterback decisions. And those both happened um, against Idaho state.
1: Yeah. Tyler Huntley, 15 for 19 through the air, 282 yards, three touchdowns, um, a long touchdown completion of 82 yards to Brian Thompson. They connected twice for touchdowns. Um, He also had a 60 yard touchdown pass to Brant Keithy. Um, And so I think, Definitely think that um, the offense is starting to click. Yes. There are more weapons on this offense than just Zach Moss. And I think that that right. was kind of a little bit of a worry. That, was that In order for Utah to win, they would need to ride Zach Moss for 25 to 30 carries a game. But um, Brian Thompson is starting to show that, hey, you know what? He's a weapon in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. Um, Britton Covey's still working his way back. You still have Jalen Dixon and Solomon Enos who are just... Great burners. Brant Keithy really yeah. stepping up because stepping Cole up. Fotheringham was kind of expected to be the guy at that tight end position. But you have two legitimate guys at tight end that can really do some special things.
0: Uh, yeah. And and it's not really – it wasn't a concern per se that these that they didn't have a weapons other than Zach Moss. It was more like – we need to balance out our offense. Well, and it's yeah, just
1: yeah. we need someone to step up and prove themselves. They knew that the, someone would, they just didn't know who sure, it would be. Exactly.
0: And um I think they did that. They limited Zach Moss's carries. I think he only played the first half. Um I don't know exactly how many touches he had, but um you could tell they were limited because, you know, Jordan Wilmore and even uh Devontae Henry Cole, they got quite a quite a bit of touches I want to say maybe like even Devin less than Brumfield 10. got in TJ Green mm-hmm. so yeah a lot of these guys got a much needed reps if you want to increase the depth at the running back position
1: yeah yeah so Moss had 10 carries Wilmore 7 Brumfield 3 TJ Green 5 Devonte Henry Cole 4 so okay. that's a nice way to spread it out mm-hmm. establish some depth I know you know TJ Green Devin Brumfield and Jordan Wilmore are kind of the future there they're young guys that are uh, kind of the next in line to take over that running back, that backfield next mm-hmm. year. So this is a great opportunity for them to get in. They can still keep their redshirt if they play in less than four games. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if TJ Green redshirted last year, but Jordan Wilmore is primarily who I'm talking about. He can play in four games this year mm-hmm. um, and keep his redshirt. I don't know if Utah's planning on doing that this year. Um, he has played in uh, all three games so far this year. So yeah. I don't know if that's what they're planning on, but – Getting him in-game reps is huge because he's the next stud Yes, after Zach Moss leaves.
0: And I think, you know, in my opinion, I don't think they're as concerned about his red shirt because I think Jordan Wilmar is going to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. So good, in fact, that he could probably leave early. Well, and you could
1: almost want to preserve that red shirt just in case something happens in the True. and he gets hurt. An injury or something
0: like that. But, so. but yeah, I, I don't think Coach Whittingham is, is, you know, he's not too concerned about players especially with the whole next man up mentality i think Mm -hmm. they've got plenty of people in the works and so right now it's just all gravy and that's what they were doing against idaho state i've heard some people complaining about them not putting up like 60 points against an fcs school like they should look guys calm down
1: they stopped trying after the first
0: quarter they yeah it was garbage time like halfway into the third quarter and Coach Whittingham is just getting spreading out the love, getting everyone reps. You know, uh, Drew Lisk got a lot of the snaps, and even Jason Shelley got in at the end of the game. So, you know, it's, it's all he's not concerned about how much he wins by, he just wants the win and he just wants the reps to prepare for Pac 12 play.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they gave Tyler Huntley. Um, and the starters actually, Zach Moss wasn't even at this point. Tyler Huntley's last series came in the third quarter. They opened up with an eight play, 80 yard drive, saw that they needed to turn the keys over to uh, Drew Lisk, and um, they basically just kind of ran the ball after mm-hmm. that. And, um, yeah,
0: thank goodness because for those fans that were there, the second quarter dragged on so long at the very end because
1: pack 12 reps are gonna
0: pack 12 ref. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, yeah, there was like five replays in the span of 2 minutes, I think. I think 3 or 4 of them were like on the same play. So, it was just it was infuriating and the game dragged, but luckily, they ran the clock out at the end, um, and got the win. Um
1: Yeah, stuff like that's really frustrating. Yeah, it's annoying. Um but I think previewing this USC Utah matchup, I really like Utah in this one. Yes. Um let me tell you why. Okay. Um, BYU brought freaking pressure with a three-man front against yeah. USC. The like boy did Zoe they. Falatea and Kairos Tonga were eating UC- USC offensive linemen for lunch, okay?
0: The starting offensive line.
1: Yeah, those guys are, re- like, not to take anything away from Kairos and Zoe, sure. but Utah plays a four-man front that is one of the top two or three defensive lines in the entire country. Mm-hmm. They're going to be eating just picking the bones picking all the meat off the bones off these offensive linemen and just taking them to task
0: uh zach moss said something at the end of the idaho state game that was really funny um someone asked him about byu upsetting usc or whatever and he said uh, for usc's like that's a nice little wound for them we're just gonna have to make it worse when we go to town or something like that. Like he said, mm-hmm. he's going to, and they, I think they are, you know, if I'm the O line for USC, I'm like, okay, I just got pounded by Zofa Otea and Kairos Toma. And now I got to come up against lucky photo this week. Like it's, I don't know what I'm going to do. If I'm on, if I'm in the offensive there
1: line, there are two guys that are going to be playing in the NFL next year. Absolutely. At this time, they should be playing in the NFL right now. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to be a rough day for Slovis. Um, he kind of got beat up a little bit by Zofalatea and Kairos Tonga. Um, he got poked in the eye. Apparently, I thought he just got hit super hard. He looked shaken <laughs> up. He got poked in the eye. So, BYU fans, get out of my mentions on Twitter. I put that out on Twitter. I was like, man, That's funny. look at his face after he gets <laughs> up and he just looks super shaken up. Um, I'm gonna say it's a combination of both because when sure. you have a guy who's 340 pounds landing on you, violently, right? It's you're not gonna feel good after. No, that. definitely um, not. And so he's not gonna be feeling very good on Friday. Is my prediction. Um, I'm gonna go out of my way and say that this offense or this defensive line, okay, they're gonna shut down USC's run game. Mm-hmm. They're gonna. Um, clog the passing lanes. They're going to cause disruption. They're going to run a lot of stunts and blitzes that confuse the heck out of this freshman. Mm-hmm. He's only played, you know, this will be his third career game, second career start, and he hasn't played a defense. BYU's defense is very good, but it's also kind of vanilla because their thing is, like, the bend don't break. Mm-hmm. They're not going to run a whole lot of um, stunts up front. They are going to cover, and they're going to make plays, um, they're gonna have the offense wear you out. They're gonna do long drives, and they're just gonna basically outlast you, um, and force you to make a mistake. And they did that. They they forced turnovers, but it's not the same type of defense that Utah runs, where they're creating havoc with all you know these stunts and blitzes it's that they're running, mayhem. and the 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 changes in coverage that they have. Um, you know, safety blitzes, nickelback blitzes, yeah. cornerback blitzes. Um, it's just two very different styles of. Um, defenses to play, and, you know, they have their benefits, each of them, and um, Utah is just going to be flying around the ball. They do that. They, um, Their secondary is legit. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, Jalen Johnson, um, Terrell Burgess, Julian Blackman, Blackman, Javelin Guidry, Josh Nurse, like all these dudes are just going to be flying around, making plays, playing loose. They have nothing to lose, you know? Yeah. They, there's not a target on their back. USC's coach is looking over his shoulder constantly, worried that he's going to get fired. I think it's over for
0: him, man. And I think
1: it, it's a matter of time.
0: It's yeah, the clock is ticking.
1: Yeah, sure. he doesn't know if it's going to be the end of the season or if it's going to be you know week four, week five, week six. Yeah. Clay Helton's tenure at USC is coming to an end. Urban Meyer is going to be there next year. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, by yeah. the way, like. Why is Utah letting Urban Meyer into practices when he's like right. basically going to be, gonna be like Pac-12 South, us Pac-12 South coach? Yeah, next year. <laughs> um. Anyway,
0: it's a mind game. I think Witt knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's this. What def- would you do on this, coach? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be, just if you look at how USC played against BYU, BYU did a really good job of containing that area of offense, but. They still had USC was still burning BYU's DVs. They were still making great catches. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not gonna happen against Utah's secondary.
1: No, at all. um the disruption from BYU's defense came primarily from the linebackers when Slovis was staring down his receivers and right. throwing over the middle and they were able to either, not looking him off. Um you know, Peyton Wilgar made a great catch. Isaiah Kafusi tip mm-hmm. drill. Kavika Fenuwa was the one that tipped it up for Dionga Maluku. There were several tip balls. Um, but those were like passes over the middle. Mm-hmm. Um the middle might be a little bit more open with Utah just because they run that four two five. Um but if but Francis still, Bernard's still Francis a ball. Francis Bernard, hawk, yeah. Um you know, if, if they're throwing out on the edges, which is primarily where USC kind of saw its success, yeah, was out on the edges, those out routes or um, running like a skinny post or something, or something out of the backfield, like the tight end that had the 62-yard right. catch. Um, I don't think we're going to see that those same types of lapses. No, there will They'll be not. fewer and further between than we saw against BYU. Um, just because I, 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 Utah's defense is, or secondary, is just a little bit more disciplined. So, um, I mean, it's definitely possible that USC shows up to play and just plays the game of their lives. Sure. Back I Back home in the Coliseum, but I yeah, just—I'm not expecting they'd, it.
0: They'd really have to dial up something special because you look at USC's weapons: K, okay, receivers, throws to the outside. Utah's got one, sometimes two, locked down corners. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Uh, are they, are they going to make USC run? Utah's got the best run defense in the Pac-12, probably. Yeah, and so. Really, USC will have to get very creative, Um, maybe try and win it with field position on special teams because Utah's got like a quote-unquote down year in special teams, and that's not a burn on Utah. It's, it's just they've always had elite special teams. Maybe that's where they'll get it done. Who knows? But USC is going to have to pull something out, and I'm excited to see what it is. I think it'll be a good game. But I think as the game wears on and after Utah makes their second-half adjustments, they're going to just shut the door on this USC, well, USC and, team.
1: And my thing, too, is um, Utah's coaching staff will be better prepared than USC's. Mm-hmm. They don't have distractions that are going on. Um, it's it's Utah's game to lose, and I don't think they're going to lose it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily have, like, a score prediction prepared, but I— I'd take Utah by at least a touchdown. I'd probably say I'd give them like 10 points. Like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they won like something like 31 to 21 or 35. I don't know how they'd get their 25, 35, 24, sure. let's say.
0: Um, I, yeah, exactly. I, th- I don't think, like we said in these first three games, Kyle Winningham's not going to like run up a score, you know. He's no. going to play his game, dictate the tempo, and if he feels like they're getting it done – He's gonna arrest well, his guys. What they'll do yeah. is they'll just
1: run down the clock at the end of the game, exactly. like they do all the time. They'll just put together a long nine-minute drive mm-hmm. and just feed the beast in the backfield and just run down the clock. So, yeah. um, that's not the only big game that we got going on this weekend. So, uh, that's number ten, Utah against USC. USC is no longer in the top twenty-five. Fell out after one week. Um, we also have uh, in Provo, one thirty kickoff on. It's either ABC or ESPN2. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be ABC because they kept the Skycam there. Oh, Um That smart. we saw for BYU's game against USC. So uh, the number 22 Washington Huskies against the BYU Cougars. A little bit more of a formidable foe for BYU this week. Um, mm-hmm. You have uh, Jacob Eason coming in. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit better um, offensive uh, team in oh. – uh, in Washington, They're overall, averaging almost oh, 40 points per game. USC was at 35. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of looked at that second game for Washington against Cal, and were like, you know, Washington's maybe not what we thought they were. So they beat Eastern Washington Open the season, FCS team. Mm-hmm. You expect that. They lose to Cal at home in a really weird game that had like a two-hour lightning delay Um, it was still super wet conditions. Cal went down and scored a touchdown, um, with like, or they kicked a field goal, excuse me, with eight seconds left to win it. Um, yeah, just kind of a weird game. Uh, we saw what BYU, what happened with BYU in Washington last year. BYU was actually ranked, this was after they beat, um, Wisconsin. They went home and played McNeese State. Um and they were in the top twenty five and they played number eleven Washington up in Seattle, lost thirty five to seven. Um they scored a garbage time touchdown with forty seconds left. Lapini Katoa scored right. a one yard run. Um but I do think this is a very different BYU team than sure. Washington saw last year. Um I think I think um Eason might not be as good of a quarterback as maybe what we saw in Browning, what mm-hmm. BYU saw in Browning last year, or the last four years in Utah's games against Browning. I don't think that Washington's defense is as good. Um, they have a little bit inflated numbers because they played Cal, who after being like a huge air raid offense team, they're kind of um, a, a defensive identity team. Yeah. Um, kind of going against the flow. They kind of stem from that Chris Peterson. Mm-hmm. um uh, coaching tree, their head coach. Um, he, uh, Justin Wilcox came from Washington, defensive minded guy. Um, and so they're not going to run up the score. No. Um, against any teams, you know, but anyway, um, I I, guess the point that I'm getting at is that, uh, I think this, this is going to kind of be like that, uh, the Wisconsin BYU game last year mm-hmm. where we saw in 2017 BYU was just completely outclassed by Wisconsin yeah. and they go on the road in Camp Randall and win mm-hmm. um I think that BYU is going to give Washington a test yeah so um yeah I don't know what 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 do you think about this
0: there there's a couple things that I know for sure that are going to happen I I agree with you that BYU is a different BYU from last year I think the attitude is different, the mentality is different, but more importantly, the coaching staff on both sides of the ball kind of know what their identity is now. Uh I think the offense is still working out the kinks, but I think the defense knows what they need to get done. Now, that said, I think Washington isn't as good as they were last year because I think they're quote-unquote rebuilding. And what do I mean by that? I mean that they have a lot of Talents, but they're all very young. Yeah, obviously, hasn't played the year before, but you got like local guys like Puka. He actually,
1: didn't play the year before. He was sat out. He oh, he sat out. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but he's you know he's not a young guy on the offensive side. We got like a local Puka Nakua made his first touchdown. Two locals, catch. Ty Jones. Oh, also. that's right yeah, from Provo. Ty. Yeah. yeah. So you know these are very young guys, very talented that are getting valuable experience, but they're still young on the defensive side, there's like, uh, MJ Tafisi. He played at Alta, um, really good defensive minded player flies around, but again, very young. So I think, you know, if BYU has an edge, quote unquote edge at all, it's because Washington's young. They're trying to rebuild their, their depth. Um, but you got to remember Washington's more disciplined than USC. They're, Jacob Eason's gonna be looking off um players, uh, looking off defenders more than uh what's his face? Slovis did. Yeah,
1: I so I think Slovis has a little bit more arm talent than mm-hmm. uh Washington does. Um I think that um I think that USC definitely has better wide receivers, if not more experienced wide receivers. For sure. I think there's talent there with guys like Ty Jones, which I'm not seeing any stats from this year. I'm not sure if he's dealing with an injury or something. But pukunakua you know, one of the best wide receivers in the country, goes to Washington. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I'm looking at these numbers for um, BYU and Washington, and, like, their leaders are actually pretty similar, okay? So let's take a look okay, at let's the hear. leaders for both these teams. So Jacob Eason... Uh, On the area, 63 for 91 for 773 yards and seven touchdowns, one interception. Okay. Um, that's a little bit inflated because yeah, they have played an FCS team to start the season. Sure. Uh, they also played Hawaii last week, and he threw three touchdowns against Hawaii. Zach Wilson. Okay, keep this in mind: 60 for 95. So four more pass attempts, three less completions for 720 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. But he played against all packed. And he's uh, played against all P five teams so far. Um, One so being Utah. 773 <laughs> yards to 720, okay? Right. Uh, Savon, Salvin uh, Ahmed for Washington, 44 carries for 246 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Tyson Williams, 43 carries for 236 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. So those are very identical. Wow. And then uh, leading receiver for Washington, uh, Hunter Bryant, 15 receptions, 236 yards and a touchdown. For BYU, it's uh Micah Simon with thirteen catches for two hundred and ten yards. So very similar numbers between like some of these leaders on offense for both these teams, which I just I think is kind of interesting. Um mm-hmm. you look at um Yeah, Washington is scoring a lot of points on offense, but it's inflated because they played Hawaii. Right. They won fifty-two to twenty, they played eastern Washington, they won forty-seven to fourteen, they played a tough Cal defense. And they lost twenty to nineteen. They could only put up nineteen points. Mm. So um, I don't know. I I think that um, this this I kind of like BYU in this matchup. Like interesting. I okay. more than I thought I would at the beginning of the year. Okay, looking For sure. at who Washington lost last year. Um, they lost uh one, two, three, four, five defensive players to the draft yeah all taken in the first five rounds also lost miles gaskin who's um like their all-time leading rusher Mm -hmm. uh they lost caleb mcgarry in the first round who was um starting tackle and then drew sample who was their tight end last year so they've lost a lot of talent um and so and then they (sighs) lost um their starting quarterback as well like you said so I,
0: I agree This with you. is a new Washington team. Man, that's true. I think, you know, BYU does look better than I thought they were going to be. I picked BYU to lose this game at the beginning of the season. I did um, too. I still think BYU is going to lose, except and unless these things change. Okay. BYU needs to clean up, just tighten the screws a little bit on defense. Like you said, against USC, they got sloppy, um, lost some men, like a tight end. How do you lose a tight end right if you're they tight ends aren't quick and shifty, they don't motion much, mm-hmm. like you should be able to know where where this tight end is They gotta clean small lapses up like that um, I think that's mostly it for the defensive side. obviously, you're gonna have to play tougher because it's a higher quality opponent, but I think if they just clean up the lapses in the secondary, they might have a fighting chance against Washington's um, offense on the offensive side for BYU. Um, Zach just needs to keep doing what he's doing. Clean up the decision-making on his end. There's a couple times against USC where he held on to the ball way too long. Um, and he wasn't like moving or making anything happen. He should have just threw it away or eaten the sack. Um, Cleaning up those decisions, I think, will help the offense to click more. Um, the offense made huge jumps, wouldn't you agree? Huge strides for the offensive play-calling side, but also yeah. on the performance side. Yeah. Um, like you said, Micah Simon like came out to play again, which yeah. is insane. Yeah. And then like the young guys, like Gunnar Romney, did a great job of of coming out and making big catches when it was necessary. But also the thing that I'm happy most about is Tyson Williams got all the touches that I thought that he should have had. And not only him, um Asuka Asupa. Uh, let's just call <laughs> I have no idea how to say his name. Um, he got some touches too, which is like good. You need to give your backups touches. You can't just pull your starting running back and then have the backups block because the mm-hmm. defense just knows what's happening. Yeah. Um so giving him touches is a good idea. So I I'm happy with how BYU is performing. They're trending upward. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I think part of the
1: problem that BYU ran into is that they were trying to get too creative against Utah. Tried to get too tricky. Right. Tried to install packages that Utah just wasn't familiar with, mm-hmm. and they just couldn't execute on that. No, it's game um, one. Like, yeah, it's game one. That? Like you're installing like all these new packages and stuff like that, and trying to run them, and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, of course, you know, tip balls go in the favor of Utah. Yeah. Zach Wilson trying to force many plays. Then that, th- that second game against Tennessee, first three quarters, things just aren't clicking. You're kind of seeing the same issues. Miscommunications, timings off, like hifo gets hit by a snap. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, HIFO, in order to avoid getting hit by a snap, he kind of slows down in that motion where they do that fake right. sweep. And he's so late that when Zach goes to hand off the ball to Tyson, um, they get they kind of uh, fumble things back there. Sorry, not fumble, but they kind of get mixed up a little bit. Right. And Tyson gets tackled for a loss. And so you start to see against USC, things are buttoning up. Things are looking smoother. They mm-hmm. have an identity. They know what they need to go to. They know what their bread and butter is. And it's working. Yeah. They know who the guys are. They're tightening up rotations, stuff like that. And so, I think considering all that, and they're pretty healthy for the most part.
0: Yeah, there's some knocks, but they're not. No one's torn an ACL yet, right? <laughs> which is which was knock the knock on wood, but yeah. nothing happened. We on don't wood.
1: want any any players to get hurt. And
0: let me just say, it was great to see Moroni out there making plays. I think he's super dynamic, and yeah. I think he will be necessary for BYU to push through these first what five games? This first slate of five games. Mm-hmm. To make big plays and to get um, a BYU a fighting chance of having a winning record in this first five. Yeah. Um, so it was really nice seeing him play. Well,
1: especially Bushman's kind of been um, locked up a little bit by defenses. He uh-huh. only has three catches in the last two weeks. Uh, one catch against um, against USC, two against Tennessee. So, But it's uh, expected. Because yeah, when your go-to guy is getting locked up by defenses, then you need to have other people step up. And the thing that I thought was actually really cool was that um BYU uh twelve or completions to twelve different receivers.
0: Oh wow. Um okay. in this game. Good. And so
1: a good way to spread the ball around. That does include Zach Wilson. He did haul on a catch. So he <laughs> did have a catch. Um yeah, I I, I just i w I'm not necessarily I know I said that I would probably take BYU. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, If Washington won or BYU won, but I like the direction that BYU is going and they're showing to be a little bit better team than we maybe thought. I mean, I had them two and one at this point in the preseason, but they've shown better. They've dealt better with adversity than I thought they would. They Mm -hmm. went in and beat a tough Tennessee. Well, tough environment. Tennessee's not a great team, but it was a tough environment to play in. Yeah, Um, Faced some adversity, won in double overtime. Then the same thing against USC came back after trailing. They had multiple times where they could have just backed down, but they dug in their heels, pushed back, and ended up getting the win. So we'll see what happens against Washington. I think Washington will be um, definitely a tougher test than these last two games. Not quite the same team as Utah. Utah's definitely a much better team than Washington. Yeah. Um, but I think has learned from its mistakes in the first three games, and uh, hopefully for their sake and for the sake of our listeners that are BYU fans, and frankly, hopefully for our sake, because I know we're going to get great, great viewership this weekend if BYU wins, mm-hmm. we hope that BYU wins. Yeah. So um, with that, uh, let's put a bow on BYU. Let's talk a little bit of Utah State, who begins Mountain West play. Let's do it. This week, they're playing San Diego State on the road in San Diego. I believe kickoff is at 8.30 Mountain Time, um, so it's a late kick. Uh, but we're looking forward to that one. Um, this is a game that's going to have... Major implications on what Utah State is going to be able to do in the Mountain West this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked extensively in the past weeks on this podcast about Utah State's struggles on the road. They're very well documented. We know that um, Jordan Love hasn't been great on the road. He showed really well against Wake Forest despite throwing three interceptions. Um, he, They are coming off a bye this week, so... Uh, they're 1-1, one one, heading to 3-0, and zero. San Diego State. Um, and, you know, I like the Aggies in this one. They're actually favored by ESPN's FPI. 55.8% uh, chance to win this one. Okay. So that's really that's big good. going on the road. Especially, you look at what else they have coming up. Okay, so they got San Diego State on the road, um, Colorado State, and then they play at LSU yeah. on October 5th. Um, number and, f- what number
0: four LSU number four LSU
1: <laughs> so um, that's gonna be a tough test but uh, let's let's talk about San Diego State okay. first um, they're three and O San Diego State has beaten um, Weber State six zero UCLA twenty three to fourteen and then New Mexico State thirty one to ten so they haven't necessarily been tested yet right. um I don't know that any of these wins are impressive
0: no. Um, maybe UCLA because of the brand, but even still, it's not not a good UCLA I saw
1: several people that were like, wow, San Diego State beat UCLA. Like, Chip Kelly might not have a job in Pasadena by the end of this (laughs) year. Like, things are not good. No, just
0: kidding. Things are Um, not good there. Not good. And you got to remember, San Diego State, they're just uh, a level, like, they've always been decent. They they've never been awful, they've never been fantastic, I don't think, but they do f- figure out a way to turn out like really good players. Um you got to remember Rashad Penny, you know, great running back. My favorite running back back in junior high was Marshall Falk. Yeah. You know, they just they just have good talent out there. They know how to find it. So, um they're no pushover. That being said, How do you think Utah State's going to fare against – these guys will be the toughest people they've – I mean, the toughest people they'll play in. Is this conference play for them?
1: Yeah, this is their first game in Mountain West play. Um, So you look at their tough games that they have. They have Boise State at home, and then their two tough uh, conference games on the road are against San Diego State and Fresno State.
0: Oh, they're at Fresno. I forgot about that. Ugh, those are tough Mountain West teams. So I take it back. But Utah State's a good team. Um, I'm excited to see what they do. What I want to see is I want to see Jordan Love um, taking the offense to a more balanced level. Now, we know about um, Jordan Love's running back core. We talk about it all the time. Um, Our boy Gerald Bright, for one. Uh, Then our boy Jalen Warren.
1: Like, he's inter- reintroducing himself to the state after, you know, you Some go down to off. Snow College sometime, sometimes, <laughs> and people just kind of forget, unfortunately, like, what's going on um, while, well, San- like, Snow College is just consistently dominating teams right. at the junior college ranks, and they pump out, like, all these big-time recruits, and then they show up, like, Garrett Bowles, like, right. people are like, oh, yeah, there's this big recruit out of, uh, uh he played at, like, Pleasant Grove and West Lake and then he goes down to Snow College Terrace. He's like the number one <laughs> tackle in the country and then becomes a first round draft pick after one year with yeah. Utah. Same with like Jonah Triniman. Um lo- there's so many guys so many th- that's like the same story for yeah. him so it's pretty cool to see just for Jalen Warren. Um I didn't get a chance to cover him when he was in high school. Um just because I think I was in high school at the same time as him. But <laughs> anyway, um it's just cool to see him come out and just represent Utah, Utah football yeah. and do big things. Um, I love what these transfers from the U are doing. Um, Caleb reps, COC Mariner, uh, Nick Henninger, yep. um, Riley Burt's starting to get a little bit of run. Uh, he played a little bit against Stony Brook. So I'm just, you know, for those guys, I hope that they have a great season and yeah. they can kind of finish out their college careers. And, you know, Jordan love puts up big numbers. I hope that he gets an opportunity to go to the league and do special things. Like me too. I, and in order to accomplish stuff like that, you got to win these games. And so yeah. um, I definitely think I'm definitely favoring Utah State in this one. San Diego State just hasn't really impressed me so far, especially like that 6-0 win against Weber State. Like, you kind of expect – Weber State's good. Like, Weber yeah. State's a very good FCS program, but you kind of expect to have a little bit better performance mm-hmm. if you're San Diego State on your season opener – Against an FCS team. Yeah, but especially, especially when, yeah, there's the expectations you have.
0: Yeah, despite, you know, Jay Hill's a great coach. He's got a way to pick good people on his staff that'll do their homework on teams. And so, you know, in that sense, it's like, cool, like, I, we were states good, and I, I expected them to keep it tight. But still, like you said, San Diego State, different level of program, and they should have done more. Um, now. I want this to happen. I want Utah State to show a more balanced offense, get it get the job done, score a bunch of points. But what I think is gonna happen, I think David Woodward's gonna eat. I think he's gonna just Oh yeah. Eat up that offense. Uh San Diego State's gotta be scheming for him, right? Um but even so if you scheme for like David Woodward, I s you know, um the defensive front is gonna eat as well. Very mm-hmm. talented defensive front. Um so, I don't know. What do you think is going to – how do you think the defense is going to perform against
1: San well, Diego State? I, I think that they're going to dominate. I don't think I've seen anything from San Diego State so far. Just looking at their games. and I'm not going to pretend and sit here and pretend that I've watched and poured over right. a film of San Diego San State. State. I don't have time to do that, okay? I have a son who <laughs> keeps me very busy, okay? um, He's 10 months old, and he's mobile, and he's crazy. Um, <laughs> And so, I don't have time to sit – two years ago, I would have sat – at home and watched film of San Diego state or Washington or whoever, but I just got to rely on the numbers a little bit. I'll get to that film later. Okay. okay? I just haven't had time yet Yeah, playing catch up, but um, no, I think that Utah state's front seven is dang good. I think that they're just going to eat up. They're going to dominate. You expect, you know, San Diego state when they're playing teams like New Mexico state or Weber state for that matter, to put up numbers to kind of run up the scoreboard a little bit. We haven't seen anything from their offense, To make them think that they're capable of doing that yet, so um, yeah, I think Utah State. I would be very surprised if they didn't run away with this one. Yeah. Um, Now, granted, Utah State has struggled on the road, so we'll see what happens. But I'm going Aggies all the way on this one.
0: Yeah, me too. If they win, though, is this is this a is this a big win for them? Absolutely. Yeah, because um, you look at the
1: progress that they made last year in. The Mountain West Conference, and they had a huge setback with basically their entire coaching staff leaving. Yeah. Um, people aren't picking them to be the favorites this year, but they probably should be. I mean, Boise State's good. I I think that Utah State's better than Boise State, but um, anytime you get a a conference oh conference road win, it's always a it's big, big win. Yeah, it's always a big win, especially a team that's favorite or a favorite in the other division of your conference. For sure. Um, it's always a big win, so cool. um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm also looking forward to you won't be covering this, but week no. six of the uh, high school football season coming up. We're halfway through the regular season. It's been flying. Teams are by. finally starting to get into region play. Um, we had, I mean, we've had region play began in week two with like Davis and v- uh-huh but more and more teams are getting into the swing of things with region play. Um, had a great week five. We had a double overtime game between uh, Roy and, um it wasn't Fremont, Roy and Syracuse, I think is oh, who it was, yeah, went it to was. double overtime. I'm going to check that real quick. We had um, a national powerhouse um, in the state, Bishop Gorman and Lone Peak. Mm-hmm. I was there for that. Uh, a great Region 8 showdown that I was also for um, at Provo against Springville on Friday night. So... Um, just a lot of fun football the last couple days. Um and I think that week six is going to be big. Um, I'm looking forward to it. What's our game of the week this week? Uh, the game of the week, let me check real quick. I'm So Syracuse and Roy, yeah, did go to double overtime. Um, oh, Kearns and Riverton. Oh. That game was nuts. Insane. So I had Kearns, like, super high up in my top 25 poll last week. And then I kind of pulled them back down after that loss to Riverton. So, um, Riverton and Kearns, uh, like, just the fourth quarter of this game alone was crazy. Um, Kearns had a 40-yard interception return for a touchdown with two and a half minutes left. Riverton, um, Isaac Rangers then goes and returns the ensuing kickoff for a touchdown, 80 yards. Jeez. And then Isaac comes up big again. And he uh has the game ceiling pass breakup to win the game and upset current. So um just an absolutely nuts game. But for a game night live game of the week, let me pull up our calendar. Oh, you know what? It's uh it is um region uh eleven, ridgeline at Skyview. Ah. So Alex Curry will be on the call. Jeremiah Jensen's gonna be in LA. Sam Farnsworth back in the studio. He'll have you covered with all of our games. Um, I'm actually covering Skyridge American Fork, which is going to be a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Lone Peak West Lake. Lone Peak should probably roll in that one. Just looking at some of the main ones we should look at uh, Provo at Lehigh, um, uh, Spanish Fork Salem Hills, Wasatch Maple Mountain, um, Region 4, uh, Corner Canyon at Pleasant Grove. Um that's gonna be a very interesting game, K. Two undefeated teams. Um, Pleasant Grove, they're five and zero. I wouldn't be surprised if they went one and four down the stretch just because Region Four is that loaded. It's tough. They play Corner Canyon, then Skyridge, then American Fork, wow. Westlake Gimme, and then Lone Peak. <laughs> <laughs> Westlake Gimme. W- Westlake the disrespect. Okay. No, it's true. Westlake just sh- Westlake should be probably playing four A football. And it's it's not their
0: fault. It's not your fault. There's all these schools popping up. I get it, but yeah, that's kind of a gimme game. Yeah, Um, Um, yeah. Loaded slate of games coming up. It's gonna be fun.
1: Well, and this is like the fun time of the year because region plays where you see teams kind of start to find their own. Uh um, You know, guys step up in in terms of injury, or um, you have guys who may have been injured early in the season that start to come back, and so um, that's this is like the time of the season where. Like, teams are made, and yeah. teams are built, and teams put together championship runs. For sure. Um, let's close out our high school segment with, uh, I actually have my top five for this week. Okay. My post-week five top five, um, number one, Corner Canyon, duh. Number two, Lone Peak. Okay. Um, even come off their loss against Bishop Gorman. I really liked what I saw, mm-hmm. especially with J.D. Nealman going down their starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, Romney and Zach White uh, both stepped up, filling in for the quarterbacks there. Um Bingham number three it kind of feels weird to not have Bingham as number one or two, but it is weird. They're just not the same powerhouse that they've been. I think Lone Peak and Corner Canyon are just really good too. Um, Farmington coming in at number four. Holy cow. So I have them as a the number one ranked five, a team, um, almost got the upset against Lone Peak. Uh, and then number five Harriman s- spiked up in my polls after upsetting wow. in dominating fashion, American Ford. Yeah. um, and then just outside, uh, to Round out, let's give it my top 10. Uh, Stillman Hill 6, American Fork 7, Pleasant Grove 8, wow.
0: East 9, and Sky Ridge 10. So, holy cow, um, that is a wild bottom 10. Like with AF down there and East, you're just not well, used and, to seeing them down there.
1: You look at these teams, okay, just in region four, Corner Canyon, Lone Peak, uh, American Fork, Pleasant Grove, Sky Ridge. Yeah, all five teams. Are from Region Four right. are in my top ten, and one of them won't make it to state.
0: No, one of them will not make it to it's state. It's going to be crazy. So that Region Four race is going to be a lot of fun. How crazy is it going to be when it's AF and they're not going to make it to state? I'm they're going to make it. You think they're going to make it? Their offense is way too good.
1: Okay, okay. Um, they uh, so they had a couple of defensive guys go down. Um, they uh, oh shoot, I'm
0: I'm spacing their names right now. Um, You're good. I have no idea who they are, but. I just remember because I went to the AF Harriman game, and there's just something in the water in Harriman that was making AF not click, and their quarterback was just having trouble connecting with his receivers. Yeah, and it was and just Harriman, really
1: Harriman plays Bingham on Thursday. Wow! So I'll be at that game. Um, the the two outside linebackers I'm talking about: Bodie Schoonover, BYU commit, and uh, Bodie. That's right. Noe, uh, sorry, excuse me, Noah uh, Moiaki. Mm-hmm. Is that how you would say that? Mm-hmm. Okay, moiyaki. Um, he has offers from both BYU and Utah. He's only a sophomore. He's class of 2022. Wow. Really good player. Um, and so they're both working their way back from injury. Uh, expect to see them once region play starts up. Um, and so uh, looking forward to that. Um, I think that's all I have for high school. Which cool. is we've been going for 50
0: minutes. Wow. Okay. Um, um, I do have something that's if you're done with sports. Yeah, I'm done. with. Sports. I think we're done with sports. Let's put a bow on sports. Um, okay. What do you want to talk about? So a little bit of dad advice, okay? Okay. We're I just have a funny story. It's not necessarily dad advice because there's no way you can really fix this. But so my son comes home from church, right? Mm-hmm. And he went to primary, and our primary his primary teacher, um, was telling us that she's she was like, "Your son keeps saying what the hell all the time." <laughs> That's awesome. He says what the hell all the time. And I don't know how to fix it other than like, I'll say, don't say that, but it's like I say it all the time. So I know where he gets it from. Yeah. I'm not oblivious to that fact. And it's just, he needs to know when, when to say things like that. Right. Yeah. And in primary is not one of those places. Uh, so I just thought that was funny. I wanted to share that.
1: Um, let me share a little bit about what's going on with my son. Okay. Uh, so number one we are in the middle of getting ready to move we are moving in 14 days so like basically like we have our house is very bare bones right now yeah we're fixing up like a lot of stuff just like little like patches in the wall for like nail holes and stuff like that repainting um not a lot of downtime right now but Mm -hmm. what little downtime i have i'm spending with my son because my wife works during the day and so um i just see a lot of funny things from him as he's continuing to grow he's very mobile. um, He can climb up and down the stairs. He's crazy. He's always going. Especially at church. Okay? This is another church okay. thing. <laughs> um, he hates church because he hates sitting and just sitting. Yeah. He hates being held while we're sitting. So he likes to be held, but we have to be walking or standing up. Okay. Or he has to be, like, interacting with something. Okay. He hates just sitting in a chair or on a bench or on the couch he can't do it. He's not a fan of it. I get it, man. And so, and I'm
0: not a fan of it either. And that's all you do at church is just sit there and listen to people talk. Yeah. Anyways. And
1: so he's like very talkative too. And so he'll just sit there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so we'll be in like second hour and my poor wife will just be completely like basically it's like a, a coin flip of like who gets him okay. for the week because we're just. <laughs> By the end of the week, we're both burnt out. Like, this is my Friday. Like, I'm just ready for my weekend, Monday and Tuesday. And so a lot of times on Sunday, I'll take him, and I'm just burnt out. So I'll just put him on the floor in the back of, like, Elder's Quorum or something like that. And he, uh, what he started to do is he started chasing kids around, Mm. and um, they'll all be good. They'll all just be sitting there playing with their toys or... Just minding their own business. And my son will just – he'll see another baby all the way across the freaking gym, and he will dart after them. And he's fast. Yeah. Like, he would win races if we were to race babies um, crawling. If we were to do baby crawling races, like in Malcolm in the Middle, when Hal goes to, like, the daycare thing, the daddy-taught time. Uh So he, he will just book it across, like, the back of the gymnasium, the back of the classroom, and the whole time he'll just, ah, and then he will go up and he'll go and, like, kiss the baby, like, try and oh, kiss them. okay. Like, he's being sweet. Cute. But his, he has teeth. And so he gives them a big open mouth kiss and a lot of it ends up as a bite. Oh. And so <laughs> I, I have never let him get to the point where he has, like, kissed another baby because, one, I don't want him spreading his germs too i don't for want sure. him getting germs i don't know what's going on in other people's homes yeah. i'm kind of a little bit of a germaphobe that okay. way when it comes to him but i know for myself my wife whenever he tries to kiss us he's planting on and he's biting oh my! because gosh. that's how he gives kisses he hasn't figured out the whole you don't bite with your teeth sure. when you give kisses and so he's always trying to kiss other babies at church or like go up and like put his mouth on their face or something. And I'm just like, no, don't do that. And so yeah. a lot of times we just end up in an empty classroom and I just let him crawl around. And most of the time he ends up knocking over chairs onto himself and stuff like yeah. that. I promise I'm a better dad than what it sounds like. I actually am hands-on, but yeah. sometimes when you have a baby, you just, you just let them do what they got to do because they're not going to do
0: anything else. Yeah. I think Disney raises my children because we just flip on random disney shows yeah
1: grew's done the same thing for me but at the same time like my son gets very bored with it mm-hmm. and if i'm not paying attention he'll start climbing up our stairs and we have like a very tall staircase it's like 15 or 16 stairs mm-hmm. if i'm not paying attention he will make it up to the top and then for some reason he'll decide to just sit down on the steps lean back and fall like so, backwards yeah, yeah. why do they
0: do that i don't know they'll like sit with their back to like a the stairs or, like, the tabletop or whatever yeah. they're sitting on. It's – the children are dumb They sometimes. just do it to keep us on the edge. Yeah. Keep us on our toes.
1: So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. He'll chase me around the house screaming. Ah! Just that high-pitched – Yeah. high pitch noise, and that's yes. how he communicates saying that he wants to play. So, it's fun, though. I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm excited to uh, move – That's crazy. Um, First time we've moved in a long time. We've been in our current place for about five years. So a lot of memories, but we're actually keeping it. We're going to rent it out. So Um, once our renters are done, if anyone else is looking for a place to rent, (laughs) hit me up. Are you plugging your apartment
0: on the podcast? Yeah, why
1: not? Okay. If anyone's looking for a place in Pleasant Grove, um, I got renters for a year. I'll probably keep them as long as they want to stay because they're awesome so far, what we've dealt with. But in the future if it ever opens up, I'll mention on the podcast and you guys can hit me up if you guys are ever in the uh the road for that. And yeah. if you made it this far, congratulations to you. Um you deserve a, an award of some time of some kind. Uh I'm guessing the three people who made it here, three are <laughs> <We're> Kurt, <laughs> Barls, and my mom. So congratulations to you three. Um we are going to end this right now.
0: Yes. Please.
1: Uh we'll be back <laughs> next week sometime maybe yep. saturday we'll recap your
0: uh trip to hollywood la yeah. and i will be sun-kissed and glowing from the warm california sun make sure you put on a lot of baby oil when you're out shooting that game oh for sure going oh, will be slippery <laughs> <For sure. laughs> i'm gonna get lubed up uh i am your host Hemi milley jr thanks for listening to the sports the after hours podcast he is zach higgin